put my hand on her knee and she says do you want to see I put my hand on her breast and she says do you want a kiss gently 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 Johnny Gently, Johnny, my jingle. Gently, 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 Johnny. Gently, Johnny, my jingle. This is an attempt to be a, as dilly dally free as we can be. Oh, wow, we're making it official, huh? We're trying. We won't. <laughs> Uh, welcome, episode 38 of The Feminine Critique. On today's episode, Christine, what kind of lists are we going to be covering? Well, we're covering a kill list. Indeed, it is a kill list. And then, you know, your more common to-do list. More common? No, I feel like that some people, I mean, I'm not going to say which one I write out more or which one I cross things off more, but we're just going to say to each his own. I know, I have a kill list on my phone, so... We're not supposed to... I'm not good at editing. I can't take that out. Now, I, I'm not your alibi anymore. They all know. Yeah, but now it's official. Anyway, <laughs> before we get into these lists, let's quit this dilly-dallying and tell the fine people of the world what we've been watching lately. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to? Um, I don't know. We're dilly-dallying. I don't know. Just asking. <laughs> Um, I have a very short list because, I mean, I, I feel like we just recorded. Also, I've been very lazy. Yeah, see, I... Now, we did just record fairly recently for us. Yeah. But here's the thing. And you, I know you don't really watch much TV, but TV is done now, essentially, except for PLL. Uh-huh. Um, so, therefore, like, I didn't realize all the, the time that frees up in my morning. So, I actually have a longer list than usual. Oh, that's awesome. Um... I'm not bound by these crazy seasons, oh. so I just watch the same amount of TV all the time. I've been watching PLL still, but I'm, right. uh, I've been reading a lot. Books again. Oh, okay. books. Um, do you want me to just bang through mine real quick? Go for it. Okay. Bang it. Yeah. This is your to bang list. Well, you know, I tend to, like, just, like, put on an episode of Parks and Rec in the background and, okay. and then end up watching it. And I was just supposed to be background, so I was like, let's try that with a movie. So I, I decided to watch Jeepers Creepers, because um, I love it. Okay, yeah. I love Jeepers Creepers. I, I really enjoy it. Um, I think the only natural way to follow that was to watch Jeepers Creepers 2, oh, which I had never seen. I had never it's seen it. It's not good. and it's Oh, it's... Really not good. It's really not good. And if you know anything about Victor Salva, it's I do. not good. And it's also disturbing. I know a lot about him because of you. That's right. Yeah. You, sure. you teached it me. I, I, um, I teach well. <laughs> um, I had never seen it. I, people, I know people had, what people said about it. And I just was like, okay, well, I, I know what people say. I want to see if it's an actual movie. But and it wasn't good. It, I mean, on multiple levels, yeah. it wasn't good, yeah. which was a bummer because I fucking love that movie, that first too. movie, and they're doing a third one. Is he doing it? Yes. Hey, do you know that the boy? I, oh God, that narrowed it down. 
They're, they're all boys, Christine. That's the, part of the problem. The son in Jeepers Creepers 2. Is someone of note, isn't it? Is the little boy from The Wizard. <gasps> no. Yes, I was like, I know that boy. Why am I yes. uncomfortably attracted to him? What's going on? <laughs> Why do I only have an urge to play Nintendo? It's totally him, and he's gonna—he's supposed to be in the third one. I mean, unless the internet's lying to me. But. Never does that. So that was cool. I'm glad I saw it. I will never, ever, ever watch it again, ever. Understood. I hear you. Mm. I saw, uh, I'm good there. Yeah, I'm not—I'm good with it. I'll always rewatch the first one, but I'm all set with that second one. Um, I then. I've been meaning to watch this movie for a very very long time. It came out in 2004, so it took me 10 years to see it. Um, It's on Instant Watch. It's called Wicker Park. Oh, this is a Josh Hotnet? Yeah. Okay. um, I remember when it came out because it was when everybody, all my friends are calling him Josh Hotnet. Oh, my gosh. I remember when it came out, too, and I was like, that kind of looks interesting. It was, like, my kind of, like, thrillery thing. And and I I saw that it popped up on Instant. I was like, oh, it's that movie I never saw. And I had no fucking idea Diane Kruger was in it and Rose Byrne is in it. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay, well, now I definitely have to watch it. Um, it's such a weird movie. I would love you to watch it and okay. I'd love to talk to you about it. All right, I'll put it on my list. Um, it's a bizarre movie, so I think I liked it. Mm. I'm not really sure. Okay. And then I watched some documentaries that I couldn't log um, because I didn't feel like adding them. One of them was... <laughs> I couldn't because I didn't. Email Order Bride, I think it's oh, called. Oh, I that on Instagram. Yeah, I watched that. That was a good time. And then there was another one about, like, surviving a cult. It's in, like, the same Ooh. series. Hey, was that any good? I know the exact one you're talking about because it keeps uh, coming up on Instagram. Watch. It is, it is a lot more disturbing than I thought it was going to be. Okay, I'm a list, I'm a list. Um, I, I kind of, especially after watching the Email Order Bride one, which was... Interesting, it really was, but it was kind of just like like a little a little snippet of like a bigger subject. Gotcha. Because they're only like forty four minutes. Yeah. I guess yeah. the runtime on them, um, and then the other the cult one, I was like, okay, well, this is just going to be like a, a brief little like, yeah, there was some upsetting shit. Yeah, that's why I didn't shit. watch it because it seemed I'm like ah, forty five minutes. You can't tell me a good cult story in forty five minutes. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't bad. And then I have one more, but I'm saving it for my recommend. Understood. All right. Oh, okay. So it's me. It's you. All right. So on Instant Watch, I watched this. I remember. Okay. Sanctum. Okay. Um, this movie, when it came out, I didn't care about it. They kept advertising it as like from the people that brought you Avatar. No, it's from yeah. the cameras that were used to film Avatar. But then I remember like a bunch of people who saw it being like, it's really, really bloody and gross. And I realized they totally missold this movie as like an adventure movie. But really it is. It's the descent without the monsters. Yeah, I actually heard it build like that. Yeah, but it was like when they advertised it, they weren't. Av- they were advertising it as like survival story, and like huh. really like that's no, on instant. It's on instant now. Yeah, like it's oh, okay. really brutal. Um, it people critics hated it, and people were so hard on this movie. I think it's because nobody knew that they were essentially getting a horror movie. Um, so I kind of recommend it because if you. It, it does some things really well. It's the dialogue mm-hmm. is shitty, the characters are shitty, but some of the scenes of, like, people being underwater and their masks malfunctioning are fucking disturbing. Yeah. Um, and I was surprised by how effective it was. Um, I watched for um, our good friend Joe over at Dead, uh, Dead to Rights, needtorights.blogspot.com, did a project on, um, he does a lot of Ed Wood movies, and he interviewed the director of this movie called I Woke Up Early the Day I Died. 
Uh, it is on YouTube in its entirety. It stars, what the movie, the concept of the movie is, it's like the last one of Ed Wood's scripts that was never filmed. Mm -hmm. So this director filmed it essentially as written without dialogue and cast like Christina Ricci, Tippi Hedren, Sandra Bernard, um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Tara Reid, every single person in Hollywood is in this movie and it stars Billy Zane. Oh, wow. Oh my God, it's crazy and weird. Um, it's, I, I still don't know what to make of it, um, but Joe did a really interesting write-up on it and he interviewed the director and it was really cool. So you should, first of all, go to his blog, d2writes.blogspot.com and also just look it up on YouTube. It's, it's Billy Zane, a lot of Billy Zane, so therefore recommend for me. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm curious how you feel about this one. I hadn't watched it since it came out in the theaters. 1990, I think, sixes Muppet Treasure Island. Oh, I haven't I haven't seen it since the first time I saw it. That's streaming now too, right? It's streaming. That's how we watched yeah. it. Um, I enjoyed it. I remember having kind of unkind memories of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't remember why. I think it was just I had been so excited to go get to see a Muppet movie in the theaters. I was 14 at the time. Um, and was kind of let down by like just not feeling like I was satisfied. But on rewatch, it's really fun. It's very funny. It doesn't have the heart of most Muppet movies, um, but it was a different age. Tim Curry yeah. is fabulous and wonderful and he gets to sing, so it's good. There's some really funny stuff in it. Um, I mean, it's not it's not top tier Muppets at all, but it's much better than some of what happened with the Muppets in the 90s, I think. Mm -hmm. I um, I'll have to re I'll have to rewatch it. You should, I'm curious where you'll stand on it. I don't remember, I don't remember. Did you, okay, Muppets in Space? Are you? Uh, I'm. I think there's funny moments in it, but I hate what they did with Miss Piggy in that movie so much that it tainted my entire. Yeah. Movie. Overall, I'm not a huge fan of that one. Yeah. I, so I, I. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will think. Oh, I don't like Muppets in Space, but I don't ever think that about Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah. So I, I should probably. It's pretty fluffy because it. it's very much that like Muppets are doing Treasure Island. So the Muppets yeah. are playing themselves. They're playing characters, um, but it, it has some really funny moments. Uh, because TV is like pretty much done for now, um, I've been able to use my DVR space to record things off of TCM. Mm -hmm. Um, so a couple things I watched on there, uh, two Gene Kelly movies on the town, which is the New York, New York, it's a hell of a town. It's cool. Although every time I sing it, I then get into the Simpsons song instead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but what's funny about this one is it's the second movie I've seen now of Gene Kelly, Frank Sinatra, and Frank Sinatra in both movies has played like the kind of aw shucksy like geek of the group, uh -huh. which is just really amusing to me because that is not his reputation in real life. Um, On the Town was fun, really. It's again just only worth watching it to watch Gene Kelly dance and occasionally Frank Sinatra sing. Um, I also watched Summerstock, which is Gene Kelly and Judy Garland. And that's the one that has Come On, Get Happy. Okay. Get troubles, Come On, Get Happy. Um, and similar thing where everything around the music is kind of take give or take. But then Judy Garland and Gene Kelly are dancing together and my world is happy. Um, so both were just enjoyable because I could really just keep my eyes on Gene Kelly all day. Because he doesn't, like, it's all one take. I didn't realize this until Brandon pointed it out. Like, he's dancing for, like, five minutes, and he has a smile on his face, and he's not out of breath, and then you realize, oh, my God, the camera never cut. He was just mm -hmm. doing that forever. Like, that's a special effect, people. Uh, and also, I watched on there Toys in the Attic, which is uh, based on a Lillian Hellman play with Geraldine Page and Dean Martin. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'd read the play years ago. It was it was good and disturbing in its own little um, 60s way, I guess. Uh, 1974's Frightmare. Uh, just a horror movie. I don't remember how I heard of it, but it was a long wait on Netflix, so I got the disc and was happy. Um, it's kind of fun because it has a cannibal old woman. Okay, that's cool. So, I mean, that's always good for me, and she's British and kind of amusing. Um, it was okay. wasn't... I don't... It doesn't really have a cult following. I must have read about it somewhere that made me more excited to see it than it ultimately left me, but it was, mm-hmm. it was decent. Um, Brandon and I watched, and this is on Instant Watch, uh, The Fisher King. Never seen it. Oh, I'm so curious what you'd think of it. Really? Yes. It just never seemed like something I would be into. See, I really don't like, and this is where we lose a lot of listeners, I don't generally like Terry Gilliam. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, I find his movies just chaotic and loud and um, annoying and unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one that I had never gotten to watch all the way through. I'd seen the first half hour of it for various moments, for various reasons. Um, but uh, watch this one. We're, I feel like I should hold my thoughts on it because Brandon and I are going to review this one for um, Married with Clickers or doing like a summer hiatus and so they had asked, like, if other people wanted to do episodes for them. Mm-hmm. So we're going to record, this. it'll be Brandon's podcasting debut. We're going to record our discussion on this movie for them. Oh, fun. So we'll all just save my thoughts for there then. Yeah, so that's exciting. I'm looking forward to about that. It. You have no idea. Um, three more that I'll run through. Uh, TV movie from HBO from 1996 or so called Soul of the Game. This was um, also an excellent cast with uh, uh, nobody's name that I can remember now. Um, But this is about basically integration of baseball, but it's not about Jackie Robinson. It's Mm -hmm. more about Satchel Paige and Josh Gibson, like the two other kind of superstars of the Negro Leagues that were not immediately brought into the major leagues. Um, So Delroy Lindo plays Satchel Paige, and he's amazing. Uh, Michael T. Williamson plays aka Bubba from Forrest Gump uh, is Josh Gibson and Blair Underwood plays Jackie Robinson Uh, and this was it was really enjoyable if um, it's the kind of thing like everybody knows about Jackie Robinson but this movie was more about like really like the other guys and kind of what integration meant to other players and why Jackie Robinson was picked to be the first black player Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it was really well made. Edward Herman's also in it. There's a lot of familiar faces that you'll recognize. Um, and I think any baseball fan out there would really enjoy it. So it's not an instant watch, but it's a disc floating around, so you can find it. Um, I, Because I'm me, I, I think I've told you, one of the things I, I really enjoy watching are those, like, really Christian movies. Yeah. I mean, I think you're alone. Right. No. 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 There, I mean, there's an audience for these things, guys. So I watched on instant um, a movie called Sarah's Choice. Uh-huh. Sounds amazing. Now, what do you think Sarah's Choice is? I don't know. Between uh, something and something else. I don't I can't even I can't even imagine. Well, it's between having her great career that's just about to take off because she's so close to this promotion, right? Okay, what's her career? Um advertising, maybe? Cool. Oh, no, Good for she her. She's in an office and her supervisors all like have strict haircuts. Okay. Um, her other choice is to have the baby. 
Huh. She can't do both. Well, obviously not. Because when it starts, the person whose job she would be taking if she gets the promotion is going on maternity leave. And it's a whole thing of how, like, when you go on maternity leave, of course, you never come back. Um, but were you aware that if you have an abortion, like, somewhere in your 20s, you're going to die alone and unhappy? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's established, yeah, if right? If you ever have an abortion, you will never be you'll never find anyone after that you will never have children after that um and you are doomed because what happens is sarah can't decide if she should have the abortion or not so um she's told that she's going to have visions three visions and she keeps seeing this old woman in the visions and then finally the third vision she finds out that old woman is her and she's dying in a hospital alone and it's all because she made that choice what is it a supernatural movie no she just has visions Oh, like she that's weird. This Christmas card that's like of the manger, and she keeps ripping it up, and it keeps appearing. Huh. Because, okay. Yeah. I mean, so the moral of the story, obviously, is if you don't want to die alone, don't have an abortion. Um. Oh God, this is what we're teaching people. Obviously, no. I I just have the weirdest enjoyment of these movies. I can't explain it, but because they're so, they can't. They're so earnest that they can't even adequately give the other side. Like, they have a scene where she first goes to the doctor. And the doctor is, the doctor's, like, the doctor's trying to be, like, they have the doctor saying, like, okay, you're pregnant. Oh, I can tell from your reaction this wasn't expected. So let me ask you, do you know what it's like to raise a child alone? Do you know how much money it's going to cost you? Right now, your 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 child isn't even a child. It's a wart. Why don't we just get the wart removed right now? Like they can't even convincingly ever give the other viewpoint. They have to make the other viewpoint into this evil, awful, wrong choice, no matter what. Oh um, Jesus! And naturally, I find that amusing. Uh, and the last movie I watched um, uh, is also an instant. And essentially, after Kill List, I watched Kill List, and the next day I'm like, I'm really curious to see these other movies. So mm-hmm. I think I did this your Netflix recommend a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, it's really funny. It's dark, dark comedy. I loved the lead actress. I loved the character. I felt, I believed this character. Um, it's a mean little movie. It's really visually it really very, very um, beautiful in a lot of ways. I'm typing because I'm asking you a question. I just want to make sure um, I ask you the right question. Ooh. Sorry. It's so rude. Tap, 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 tap. tap, tap. Um, it's it's really um, a conflicting movie, in my opinion. Like I sh- didn't, th- I was like I shouldn't think this is as funny as I do. I shouldn't think this is as entertaining as I am. I shouldn't be as amused by all this. Well, it's and this is something related to Kill List. Um, ben Wheatley knows how to kill pets and animals in movies. Oh my god. In a way where it, it never feels um, gratuitous because you don't see it. You know that these animals haven't really died. Yeah. Um, but in Sightseers, there is a an adorable dog, or actually two, two adorable dogs, and this isn't a spoiler because it happens very early in the movie, but the dog dies in a way that had me laughing and I felt bad, but I didn't because I'm like, it's a movie. I know the dog's alive. Uh-huh. That was outstanding execution of a dog dying. It's really, yeah. So I just wanted to make sure it was still on there. Um, um, streaming on Hulu. I don't think you have to have Hulu Plus, but I've watched um, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. I don't know anything about this. Okay, it's amazing and it's funny and it's, it's, um, it's like a parody of um, 
like a like a dark shadows okay. style of, of of like um horror drama like television horror okay, drama gotcha. um and the woman who's in sightseers is actually um she's the female lead in, ah. in that um and she's really funny yeah. she's really fantastic she actually just popped up in an episode of um uh, Sherlock too in okay. this last season. I, I really like her. It seemed like she's only done British things. So. Yeah, so you should watch Dark Place if 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 you can watch it on Hulu or find it however you need to find it. I really think you'd get a kick out of it because you kind of will understand what it's parodying and what what it's yep. riffing on. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, that's my next recommendation for you. <laughs> All right, I, I wrote it down after the cult documentary. So yeah, well that's that's an easy watch. You'll just zip through that. But yeah, no, I I I found Sightseers funny. I, I can I'm super glad it had kind of a mixed reaction, and I know some people out there didn't like it. It's I mean it, it's that kind of movie, and Kill List is going to be the same thing. I think where you're going to have strong feelings one way or another, and I found Sightseers really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, but all right, so on that note, why don't we take a very quick break? Um, and we're going to come back. Which one do you want to talk about first, Kill List or the To Do List? Oh, I guess what what tone do you want first? They're they're pretty opposite tones, you might. Really? Um, oh, I don't know what makes more sense. I guess to kill kill us first, maybe. Okay, so we'll get the the dark stuff yeah. out of the way, and then we'll talk about sex, maybe. <laughs> Come on, get happy. You better chase all your cares away. Shout hallelujah. Come on, get happy. Get ready for the judgment day. The sun is shining. Come on, get happy. The Lord is waiting to take your hand. Shout hallelujah. Come on, get happy. We're going to the promised land. We're heading across the river. Wash your sins away in the tide. It's all so peaceful on the other side. Forget your troubles. Come on, get happy. We're back to talk about our own. Per- do you have a personal kill list? Oh, yeah, I, I told you. I was a kind of a trick question, but the Supreme Court just passed that thing this week too that makes it illegal to search my phone without uh, okay. without a warrant. So I mean, I keep my kill list on my phone. And technically, if any of our listeners have our podcast on their phone, no investigators can't listen to it, right? I think they can listen to a podcast on like a computer. It's all on your phone. Now. That's actually how I do it. Well, okay. You're the reason then, Christine. You're the reason. I know. I'm sorry. 2011, we'll just say. Yeah, I think so. Uh, which was your pick? Yes, it was. Uh, do you want to give a brief synopsis of it? Jeez. Should we, okay, should we say, um, the reason I only watched this movie just now um, is because uh well, I, it had been on my list forever because I, everybody kept saying, like, I couldn't join the conversation because everybody kind of kept saying, like, oh, my God, it's such a spoil, spoil-y movie. Yeah. Where it is very easy to spoil this movie. Um, do you think we need to talk about everything in order to talk about it? So should we give a spoiler warning now? I think so. just go with it. Okay. Um, so we are going to – so we're not – because if we try to tow around things, we're, we're going to step on them. Um, so we're just going to say that 
all's up for grabs and we're gonna go into all the nitty-gritty of this movie this is your spoiler warning before we spoil it i'm gonna say i recommend the watch oh yeah absolutely um so now let's we're this is your warning beep 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 from here on in we're we're talking shit okay all right um so to synopsize yeah, I, this one's kind of hard to synopsize because, I I mean, I actually am going to read the IMDb synopsis because I, I was trying to explain to my mom what it was about. <laughs> and I did that thing where I just started talking in circles and trying to explain stuff. And then I started, like, hypothesizing. And I was like, wait, I still haven't told you what it's about. Well, that's um, that's something that, um, I don't know if you read the article. I, I did, actually. Um, it's something that Ben Wheatley says, is or, like, the interviewer asks him or that might have actually been a separate interview that I read and didn't post but the interviewer even asked him like oh wow it must have been like it's hard so, like talking about how hard it is to discuss the movie without spoiling it mm-hmm. and then really made a great point which is like A he doesn't envy the marketing team but B like it's been so like gratifying that critics haven't spoiled it Yeah, and even a couple of the reviews I read all pretty much said like like we're very careful about saying to really discuss it I'd be comparing it to a movie that would spoil everything kind of thing mm-hmm. like, people were very careful not to say kind of like the wicker man meets this so um yeah I, there's a lot of wicker man ishness which I, you and I I don't think have any problem with no I'm totally into that um the IDB synopsis is nearly a year after a botched job a hitman takes a new assignment with the promise of a big payoff for three killings what starts off as an easy task soon unravels sending the killer into the heart of darkness what do you think about that synopsis um the problem I think it's a, it's a, a good synopsis for someone who doesn't want to give anything away uh-huh. the problem with that is to me is that it ignores what I think is probably the most important part of the movie which is um a a hitman who has a very complicated marriage and and is a father and is feeling inadequate yeah because i think that is a huge part of the movie and the fact that it ends on that point of um this kind of denouement of his family essentially um i think is very key to this movie this is not a movie about a hitman who's going crazy. It's a movie about a hitman who's not supporting his family and is feeling the weight of that going crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I guess that answers one of my questions to you. So you think that he went crazy? Mm, not necessarily. Aww. And I think in a way, um, <laughs> something that like Ben Wheatley sent me in for you and I take, um, uh, and I kind of agree with, I don't think, in a way, it matters whether it's real or not real. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought the first time I watched it. I thought, I, the first time I watched it, it, it came to its conclusion, which is rather startling. I mean, there is definitely a point in this movie where it, 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 it changes. Oh, God. Um, there there and, is the, you're, you're going down one path, and all of a sudden, you fall down a cliff. Yeah, and that last, I guess maybe it's the last 20 minutes, I, I didn't breathe. Like, I was at, on, and on the edge of my seat, like, oh my god, what is fucking happening? And then it ends, and I, I'm like, I'm good with this. And I really didn't, not to say that I didn't think about it again, but I didn't sit there for hours, like, what? But, but this last time watching it, I was like, okay, what happened? What was this about? And I wouldn't let it go. And I really wish that I could have that first viewing experience back. 
because I think he does mention in the interview that you do, you post that if you view it a certain way, it can it can read rather unsatisfying. I like, think I an think incomplete. There are so many ways to view it, um, and what I did because I started I watched it. And I watched it on my TV, and I'm not going to lie, I'm a dumb American. I had no idea what they were saying for about the first 10 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. It takes you a minute to fall into it. Yeah, and also, yeah. Then, like, my air conditioning was on, my TV was on loud, but it was so, like, I couldn't, I couldn't get a grip on their enunciation. Yeah. Um, and because it, it was, I have an older Blu-ray player, so I can't access subtitles on there Oof. for a Netflix now, what I actually did was I finished the movie. The next day, um, going to work, I watched Sightseers, going and coming home. And then I had, like, a half hour left on the, on the bus. So I'm like, I kind of want to rewatch the first, like, 20 minutes again anyway. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I actually watched the first, like, really the opening dinner party with the subtitles on. And it wasn't that I really, like, because once I got into the movie, I understood everything they'd said. But watching it then... Um, going back into it and knowing, especially like kind of paying attention to what Fiona is saying. Yeah. Um, there was just a lot of things that I heard and that like, that, that did, it, it's a movie that I think a second viewing totally rewards. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, and that, 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 that opening, I mean, the beginning is, it, there's a lot of like really funny stuff in it too. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good. I'm glad that you were able to kind of yeah. look at it again, get everything out of it because well, I mean, it's really funny. It's, it's very funny. There's so many um, like visual. It's uh, the word I'm I'm looking for. He has a lot of beats that he repeats throughout the film in different ways. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things is like, and this is one that's kind of obvious. Is in the in the very beginning, he's sword fighting with his wife, and his wife has a son on his back. And yeah. I mean, that's the last scene is essentially the same thing happening. Um, you know, the thing that everybody says, thank you when he kills them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's a lot of things like this that you start to pick up on and see how they play differently with each event. Yeah. Um, so the, once they go on their, their hits, the first guy he kills is the priest and the priest looks at him and says, thank you before he shoots him. And you don't think much of it. Because it could mean a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And then the second man who says it is saying thank you very earnestly and saying, no, thank you. Thank this man. I'm happy that you're the one doing this. So then later, and again, we've spoiled everything, so I'm not apologizing for anything. When he has to mercy kill his friend, Gal, um, and Gal says thank you, but it's a, it's a different thank yeah. you, or is it? I, some people could say no. I think it's just at that point kind of an ironic spin on like, on that, but, um, so there's, there's so much and it, um, and part of the reason why I started rewatching it was I did feel like, um, even though it's very naturalistic and I believe, and I might be wrong about this. I know he wrote it with, um, his wife and partner, his writing partner, but I think that all of the actors also kind of improv quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and yet even with that, I feel like every line kind of could have meaning to it. Mm hmm. So you just start to listen to everything. Um, it yeah, there's a lot of like my 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 favorite thing that I realized this time around, like the like the first time I watched it, I think because whether you or not you know a lot about it going in, you kind of do approach it with a certain like 
like you you are expecting to get certain things from it and uh, and the movie does i think the movie plays into that for for a chunk of it for a portion of the beginning of it so like i'm watching this and i immediately and bad on me right i immediately want to feel bad for the wife mm-hmm. and that and i guess that says something about me that says something the way kind of how we're trained like with stories like this right. well obviously she's she's some kind of victim in in this horrible thing and then upon rewatch you realize immediately how aware she is of everything that her husband is doing. Right. And, ha- and, and has probably... And that's awesome. Her. Yeah. Well, because it's... Nobody is really likable in this. Gal is... is mm-hmm. I mean, that actor is so much fun to watch. Yeah, he's in Luther. Everybody should oh, watch him. I, I will eventually. He, I mean, <laughs> he's just... Like, you, you could just watch him do anything. Um... But, like, you realize watching it, everybody's awful. I mean, I guess the kid's okay. I've got no problem with him. And mm-hmm. the cat's cool, because it's a cat. Uh, but um, uh, Jay is is a dick. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, and, I mean, his wife, and she's great. She's, she was in The Descent, speaking of The Descent. She was the... the <gasps> oh, my gosh! I never... Yeah. No! She was also in uh, Doomsday. Oh wow! No, I did not realize that. Um, what's what's so great? Exactly that. Like you are, you're on her side because you know you're thinking like, yeah, dude. Like clearly you have bills to pay. Yeah. But then I mean the woman, the feminist in me is also like, well, bitch, you can get a job. Um, but there is like both of them are at fault here. They're both being bad spouses and to a different extent bad parents. In mm-hmm. the way they treat each other, in the way they act to each other in front of their child and in front of their friends. Um, and yeah, she is completely aware of everything he does. She supports it. She's pushing him to do it. Yeah. She's the and one he- that calls Gal and says, he needs a job. I don't care if he's still reeling from whatever shit went down in Kiev. He, I need money. He needs to go work. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let, let's, we should talk about Kiev because I have some questions okay. for you. What 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 do you think? Um, I about I, all that. I have. It's what's interesting is we're never exactly clear what they are. We know that they were soldiers, but you, I, my understanding is that they whatever they were doing for the last few years had nothing to do with the military. It was purely like they're kind of like mercenaries. Yeah. Um. So they haven't been. Like, and I know this, um, I believe Tyler hated this movie on our Facebook page. He was commenting because Ben Wheatley talks about this kind of being like a war movie in a way that these guys have PTSD. Uh huh. Um, and it's, I think there is something to that. These men have, they have a different kind of moral code and understanding of human life. And they've, they kill because it's a job to do. Um, so I think you know, maybe something went wrong in Kiev or maybe I think what, what some theories were was that like he had to kill a child in Kiev. They say something at one point, like, Oh, who's on the list. He's like, well, at least it's not toddlers or something where they kind of make a comment like that. Yeah. Um, And even like once, like there's what's interesting, I think is there's so much, it's so easy to read so much into this movie and, and in part because so much of it's not ever specific. So when they kill the librarian and the librarian has this porn collection slash snuff film collection and we don't see what what 
films this guy has made. Exactly. He's clearly made terrible films where people are getting hurt. We don't know what. And when you read reviews of this film and people writing about this film, everybody calls the librarian a pedophile. Mm -hmm. We have no idea that he was killing, that children are in those movies. Um, But there's something to, I think, viewers watch it and imagine what makes Jay so angry. It had to have been children. Yeah. Um, which I think is why some people say, oh, he, he, it must have been a child that he killed in Kiev. But we don't know. We don't know. But, so, how do I phrase this? I guess we're doing spoilers. We've, but, oh, we've so, given everything. Yeah. So, when they, when they say, this is for my own benefit now, I'm curious what you think. Mm-hmm. When they say thank you, um, why do you think that is? And do you think it has anything to do with Kiev? Second part of that question, do you think... Because we haven't even gotten to, like, a murder cult. Yeah, there is a murder cult, people. Okay, so let's finish the first part of my question, okay. and then I'll ask the second part of my question. Because um, I thought, I, is that something that I'm connecting in my head? Did you well, connect that in your head as well? I think my theory, I guess, is that for whatever reason, and part of it had to have ha- had to do something with Kiev, Jay has been chosen to be their leader, their savior, their antichrist, their okay. Christ, whatever it is. Yes. Um, Fiona marks him or acknowledges that or something. Uh-huh. We don't know how he was chosen, who found him. We know that the job they're doing, um, based on the fact that the men they're killing have pictures of him, that, no, he was chosen for this. Yes. Um, Gal was just basically being used. I don't think he ever knew what was going on. He was just being used to get him there. Probably originally from Fiona, or she was part of it and everything mm-hmm. else. Um, so when when he kills them, when he kills the priest, when he kills the librarian, they're saying thank you because it's, you know, oh, hey, our, our like, a god basically killed me. I'm, 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 I'm being murdered by a man who I would be worshipping in a month. Yeah, okay, see, that's kind of what I thought as well. Yeah. Um, um, I so. mean, what that had to do with Kiev, I don't know. We see, by the second kill, we see that Jay has a bit of an anger problem. Yes. Um, and gets pretty vicious when he kills people. Uh, maybe that is something that is attractive to the murder cult. I don't know. So, because my thinking was, like, hey, whatever happened in Kiev is what put him on their radar yeah. in the first place. So oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I, I didn't I know was, if I was making that no, up. No, no, no. I, I think that had to be because okay. what else about this kind of unremarkable man would do that? Yeah. Um, another interesting, like, very key thing that makes so much more sense on second go around is when at the dinner party when Fiona's talking about her job. Yes. And she says, "I'm an HR," and then it's like, "No, I'm actually like the person that comes in and." Like and the way she describes it at first, you just think, oh, she's she's like George Clooney kind of in a uh, up in the air. Her yeah. job is to come to a company and figure out who's underperforming and who needs to go and fire them. It gave me chills the second time around. Yeah, yeah especially because later on in the movie, she we find out she's broken up with Gal, um, which I didn't understand until the second go around when I had the subtitles on because I, I couldn't understand them because mm-hmm. I'm a dumb American. Okay. Um, hey, you said it, not me. I, I'm, I'm owning it. Uh, but you see her, like, later in the movie, her and Shell, um, which is Jay's wife, have kind of become friends. Like, she's just hanging out at the house here and there. And mm-hmm. you don't think much of it because, sure, if I had a dinner party and 
I liked one of Brandon's friends. Like, maybe I'd hang out with her without Brandon kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but then you realize, like, again, when you think back to what she said, and she is a member of this cult, her job is to come into a situation and find who doesn't belong there and who's holding the company back and get rid of mm-hmm. them. And that is really exactly what she does. She kind of come. you assume then, like, oh, yeah, well, she came in and kind of spied on things and was like, hey, we got to get rid of the wife and kid. And the do. They do. Yeah. In a pretty, pretty, pretty sense. So that was awesome, I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. And by the time it's happening... I kind of was like, okay, I, 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 I kind of think I know what what this reveal is going to be. It wasn't any less upsetting. Yeah. Um, but also, why? I, I'm such. I, I hate that I feel the need to break this down, but I really want to hear your opinions on all the things that made me stop and think. Okay. Why did she laugh? Um, I, I think it was, I. I would say two things to go with it. Um, Because I know some people have theorized that, like, oh, she was in on it, too. No, I just think it was if I've just been stabbed by my husband with my child on my back who has also been stabbed. I think I'm dying. And at this point, I am so, like, all these feelings coming up. And all I can do is look at the irony and the kind of wackiness of the situation. And also coupled into that, the fact that, her and her husband are so miserable to each other. Um, it's almost that, like, of course you would stab me and, and your child to death. That's kind of that's kind of how I looked at it. I there, I feel like when I was reading around, I don't know why I always read IMDb, um, but there was a lot of like that didn't make sense. Um, yeah. She 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 set him up, and I was like, I didn't get no. that at all. Am I am I wrong? Yeah, I. I mean, I can understand, like, and it would have probably been an easier um, uh, trick to not to just have her have died or, like, you know. But I, I really like that choice because I think it is just the absurdity of the situation at that point. Yeah. And it's almost, like, one more, like, knife turn to him of, like, uh, this kind of, like, fuck you, you really did suck as a family man. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think she was in on it at all. Uh, I mean, yes, she she was in on it in that she wanted him to kill so that she had money. Um, but yeah, I don't think she had anything to do with the cult. Um, I, I like something I like is that they established in the very beginning that she was in the Swedish National Service. Yeah, because it makes that moment where she's handed a gun and can actually do shit with it totally believable. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate that. I mean, I I loved the. Like, not the relationship, because obviously it's not the kind of relationship I'd want, like, after seven years of marriage. Um, But I just loved how, like we said, like, equally awful it was. Yeah. Um, It it was awesome that she she wasn't just, like, this complicit accessory. Right. Um, Like, she, she knew it was up. And, yeah, the fact that she was, like, when, I remember thinking... This second, this watching it this time around, like when he's she's pushing him to get a job, how you just take a step back and it's so easy to be like, well, she wants him to, you know, get a construction job. She, right. you know, like it's so easy to look at it that way. But when you when you really t- like take inventory, yeah, take inventory of what's going on. She is telling him to go kill people because she 
wants money. And 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 it kind of it kind of makes her giving him shit about the hot tub make her look even shittier. If that but, makes sense. But see, on the other side of it, it's simply like we see. She said, "Go to the grocery. Here's the list." He goes to the grocery and comes home with wine and none of the things that they actually need as a family. Like, uh-huh. You see the other side of it of like. No, he's being a really shitty husband and dad. Well, he's being a child, and she has to know that that's what she shacked up with, right? Well, yes, but when you're, you know, several years into a marriage and you have a child now, like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't be a child. He shouldn't be. Like, I'm just I, saying. I, think I see both sides of it. Um, I I can't imagine ever identifying with that, because as far as I know, Brandon's not a hitman. So I think we're okay in, in that respect. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's as, and I, I really like, um, her name is my, my Anna Boering. I'm the, Swedish the, accent. The wife. Mayanna Boering. Yeah. Um, that was very good. Thank you. I, I take my lessons from the Swedish chef. <laughs> there was a bit of that in there. A little bit. Uh, I think she gives such a good performance. Oh, absolutely. Oh, she is in Downton Abbey, too. Jeez, I do not recognize this broad. I'm terrible. Apparently. Um, What I like (laughs) is Neil Maskell, I'm like, he looks so familiar. And I have seen him in things, but I don't think I really remember him from things because he was in Doghouse, which I didn't like, and I guess I remember him from that. Mm -hmm. He was was an extra in Atonement. (gasps) I don't remember him. Saddest like, movie ever. And he was in Basic Instinct 2, which is probably where I remember him from without realizing it. Wow, okay. I think that's the first time that's ever been uttered. It's possible. <laughs> People out there who are wondering, don't watch Basic Instinct 2. It's really boring. I didn't, you know, there was a second one, to be honest what? with you. How would I have known that? I don't know. The world that you live in should have told you the world that i live in should have told me nope sorry me sorry sister it's a lot of naked churn stone and (laughs) then and it's the governor from the walking dead and he's just as shitty in that as he is in the walking dead yeah i said it okay anyway um you're forgiven all right but my point is that um i think she gives such a a good and complicated and um uh What's the word I'm looking for is almost like, I don't want to say brave or like selfless, but she, she goes there and can, can play the shrewish wife. Um, and again, I'm not like watching it being like, oh, that bitch of a wife. Cause I didn't feel that way. I felt like they were both equally complicit in this. Um, but I like that she just goes for that. And I know a lot of people probably walked out. Like you're even saying, thinking like, oh, she really was awful. Oh, no, the first time I, I, I felt so bad for her, even when it was revealed that she was aware, I still very much painted her into a victim role right. of like this. What did she get wrapped up in? Like, <laughs> he's so mean to her. But then this time it's kind of like, like you were you were on his ass about going out and killing people again. And and like he just wants to sit on the edge of the hot tub. Just fucking let him. <laughs> That that's it. <laughs> like, like just just give him a minute, lady. Um, clearly, their relationship was not um, healthy. 
Um, it was not very healthy and it obviously was dysfunctional, but there was something symbiotic in it that really worked. And in its dysfunction, it was still quite lovely. And I feel bad thinking that, but it really worked well. <laughs> yeah, and it was very believable. And I mean, the acting all around, supposedly this was an 18 day shoot, which I just can't really believe because I, it just seems too good to have been mm-hmm. done so quickly. Yeah. Um, but Especially with things being improvised. Yeah. Although that was something that I'd also remember was that a lot of this was, um, and I think he said this in the interview, was that like everything was written for these actors. Like mm-hmm. he knew doing this exactly who was playing, was doing what. Um, and you do feel that just because, I mean, the three leads are so tight. Um, and I love too that uh, Gal and Shell have like a really believable energy between them. Yeah, I like that a lot, too. Like, I just totally... There was never any kind of... Like, I think another kind of movie could have very easily made you wonder if, like, oh, were they a couple at one point or something? But, like, no, just clearly Shell and Jay have a troubled marriage. Shell has known Jay probably as long as she's known her husband. So there's that closeness there that was just, like, a touch that was just done so believably. And I don't know exactly what it was, if it was just the actors or, or what... But there was something about that that just really, I think, overall strengthened the movie. I agree. Yeah. Um, it In a way, this movie, like, thinking about it, th- when I was, like, going back through it, I'm like, you know what? The feeling I have about this movie is similar to how I felt about Pontypool. Huh. Where I really don't know what the fuck happened. Correct. Um, <laughs> I, could, I could throw out a lot of theories. We already have... I don't know if any of them are right, and I don't know that any of them matter, because ultimately, I was really taken in by this movie, and I was really scared by it, and I was really fascinated by it, and even if I don't really understand what happened, in this case, with this movie, that was okay. Yeah. There are other movies I've seen where I didn't understand it, and it pissed me off. Um, And that's, I think, purely a matter of how good a movie is, if where it leaves you, and if it has to answer every question. And this movie doesn't by no. any means answer any questions. Um, and it's like it's a kind of like curse and blessing when you start reading about it and reading some of what Ben Wheatley says because he he doesn't really like oh like come out and say what really happened. Um, like which is good. Which I and I'm fine with. And then he'll like throw out some things and I think this again, um, I don't know if you were following the thread because it was interesting to see because I don't know many people, and again, I haven't talked about this movie with anyone because I only watched it last night, um, but I, I didn't know anybody that really didn't like this movie. And then Tyler on our Facebook page was, like, giving a lot of reasons why he didn't like it. Yeah. Um, and it was really interesting to hear that viewpoint, and I can totally understand it. Um, and it's the same. Did you see a Serbian film? No, I didn't. I've read quite a lot about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I ever want to watch it. it. Um, it would make, in a way, the perfect companion to this movie. Mm-hmm. And I won't really say why, because it would be kind of a spoiler to that movie. But it... it yeah, I figured I figured that, that there was a reason why you were bringing it yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, it certainly follows certain themes and everything. But another thing about that movie is it does the whole, like... Um, we're making a statement and parable about, um, like, about politics and about life, but we're doing it in this really grisly, brutal way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's 
kind of, and I kind of got some of these things from Kill List of like, okay, yeah, there's, this is also about the recession. And I mean, in the movie, they actually do talk about it. And it does, it, it, I think it is a reaction to that. Um, but I think you could also throw out a lot of other things and then you could say, oh, that's bullshit. Like, oh, it's about PTSD. No, it's bullshit. It's not about PTSD. You know, it's one of those, I think you can take it or not take it. Um, but it's because of the movie, I think, doesn't come out and say some of these things so overtly. I could see why it would just piss someone off for somebody to say to get, assign all this meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found, like, I could think about it that way, especially with the money stuff. Like, yeah. Because these people aren't poor. They're not, um, like, blue-collar working class. Their trouble is they're trying to pay mortgage on a beautiful house and they can't get their hot tub fixed. Um, and yes, they yeah, have those things. And that really colors um, the way you read the interactions about like, getting about getting a job and working yeah. and stuff. Like, And there is something to say of, like, okay, being white-collar and suddenly losing your job and income, um, it will never be the same as, you know, eking by every day and then suddenly losing everything. Like, you're not homeless. But, um, and it, it doesn't make it any, like, oh, I sympathize with these people because of this. Like, no, they're still awful and make, and do, yeah. like, they're not really justified in these things. Um, but I think what the film does is the film just gives you that view of okay yeah this isn't as bad as it can be but to these people this is really bad so this is how far they're willing to go to right that wrong and isn't that kind of ridiculous in a way mm-hmm. um, yeah because I mean you and again it would have been so easy to have them in a rundown apartment and having the same exact discussions of we have no money left. I told you to go buy groceries and you came back and brought, bought toys. We can't afford toys. And if you had moved them from this beautiful suburban house to a setting that really showed that, no, they're really struggling, I think that instantly would have given you more sympathy from them. But I love that he's not asking sympathy for these characters. No, and it's... Like, it's not about um, liking them at all. I think it's about empathizing with them because you, you do understand why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't, that doesn't mean you justify it as a viewer. Yeah. Especially when you see how far Jay goes to do it. Yeah. You know, hammer to the head. Really, um, some really, sh- I don't want to say shocking, but like, I guess shocking violence <laughs> in that it, it kind of, it pushes to the to the front so fast out of nowhere you're like oh my god where did that come from and it's so striking and so visceral and really wonderful yeah and it to me it doesn't feel gratuitous because it's oh yeah i didn't think so either no it's it's kind of honest um and granted i have never hit a man in the hammer with the head so i don't really know that his scalp like peels off that way Mm -hmm. i can't say for sure um but again it takes that it's when you're, and I mean, I kind of think a Serbian film does this too, where it's, you're watching a horror movie, but you're like, and I mean, we all watch, like you and I both watch a lot of horror movies and we watch them for different reasons and audiences watch them for different reasons. And it's that thing of like, you could see Michael Myers waving a knife and stabbing someone 
and there's something like exciting about it. But then when you see what it actually does, it's really horrifying. And it's kind of what Kill List does, where at first you're kind of like, yeah, kill him. Oh, oh God. Oh, like it when it shows you the reality of the violence, I guess it's yeah. really, really disconcerting. And again, it's fitting with maybe I, I'm, I'm not rooting for this guy. I, I don't want him to do these things. Um, I'm really glad you liked it. I did. Yeah. I'm, and again, it had been on my list forever, but I just never had the time to sit down and watch it all the way through. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you finally, uh, you know, yeah, got me on that goat to do it. Yeah, uh, it's um, you know I can I can understand anybody not liking this movie, um, but I was taken, and I'm I and part of it too is, and this is something that the Wicker Man does too. Actually, is I love a movie that can really surprise me. Yeah, and this movie does. You're uh, an hour ten minutes into it, all of a sudden it goes somewhere and becomes something totally different. And it's jarring and scary, but it's not, um, it's not like you didn't see it, not like, I mean, you didn't really see it coming. It's not that suddenly it's a different movie in a kind of cheating way. Yeah. It just, it goes a direction that's so, um, just different. Uh, and it's, I don't know, it's rare that a movie can really do that for me. And, mm-hmm. and it, rem- it does remind me of the first time I watched The Wicker Man and knew nothing about it. Um, it's one of still my favorite, like, first-time viewings of any movie ever was because I had no idea what was happening. And so I remember being so tense in um, the movie where you first think they decapitate someone in The Wicker Man. You know the scene I'm talking about? Yep. Where they're doing yep. the parade and, like... And at that point, I was so on edge because I had no idea where the movie was going that I remember gasping and it was nothing. And then it goes... And then when they finally bring out, like, the big finale... It was just that, like, that exciting feeling I have as a genre movie fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of got that with this, where as soon as, like, people started walking with torches, I was like, oh, this is not good. This is not good. This is not yep. good. No, this is not good. And then it just goes, and then they're just naked and running at them, and I'm like, oh, fuck. It's um, that, that, f- and that final part section is really upsetting. I don't know why. There's something about... The, the, the way it's lit and the, the bright bursts it's of so dark. light. Yeah. You get, like, at, at that point, because the movie's been building to dread at this point. Yeah. Like, I mean, you've had enough violence in the movie that you know you know it's not going to be afraid to do anything. Mm-hmm. And then th- that moment, it is pitch black with just a little bit of light, and then there's more light, and then there's more light, and you realize how many of these people there are. I am a sucker. There's certain things that always unnerve me. One of them is like um, uh, children singing in choir voices always mm-hmm. gets me. Another thing is people with um, like nature made masks. Yeah. Always freaks me the fuck out. It's pretty, it, it, it's pretty um, not great in this one yeah. too. You get a yeah. bunch of people, all of them are masked with like wicker stuff. Uh, and it's, just the kind of stuff that always makes me super nervous watching. Mm-hmm. I think I was probably killed by a wicker cult in a past life. Oh man, I hope not. Yeah. Maybe no, no, maybe you just sat on too many wicker chairs. Ooh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I've always been convinced that I was like bit because I think of like all my irrational fears, like caterpillars are one. I must yeah. have been like bit by a poisonous caterpillar. 
um, attacked by a clown. That that goes without saying, though. I think I think there were a lot of clown massacres in like the 1600s or something that that justifies how many people today are afraid of clowns. It's a theory I'm working on. Work it out, work it out, and then get back to it. Point being, wicker faces freak me out, and this movie has a lot of wicker faces. And the music was really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the music throughout the film, I really liked. I think... um, I did, too. Yeah, it was was used very deliberately. Um, I noticed it sometimes, which isn't always the best thing. Um, but especially because I was had to listen so hard to this movie because dumb American me. Um, but the the Wicker Band music was fucking creepy. Yeah, and it got me. Like this this movie really unsettled me. Um, it was kind of like when it was over, I kind of like was like stopped it. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to bed now. I don't think I had Wicker Man dreams. Um, but like I said, the next day I woke up, I'm like, I am watching Sightseers, and then I am probably gonna rewatch Kill List. Yeah, that's. Um, I'm glad that you you looked at it again because yeah. it definitely is a is a different kind of watch the second time around. Yeah, and I'm and glad I, you like sightseers too. I did. Yeah, I just I found it really funny. Um, and I mean, this movie's funny for a lot of it too. I mean, yeah, not, like there's a yeah there's a lot of um a lot of like black humor yeah i was was trying to think of a more um inventive term than black humor but it really is you it's really no no i wanted to have some variation in my speech i really i really did find it amusing there are a few laugh out loud points um like when they're in the restaurant um oh god there's a really good restaurant scene in sightseers too really good restaurant scenes it's funny because um, as soon as they entered the restaurant sightseers, I'm like, oh shit, weird stuff's gonna happen. Now. Yeah, I completely um, forgot about how. Uh, yeah, because there's a scene where they go into a restaurant and there's this group of like, yeah, like you don't know if they're a church group or a or like an Alcoholics Anonymous yeah. group or what, but they just start singing and I was so tense. I'm like, some shit's gonna go down right now. I don't. I'm worried for these people. They're so happy and he's so not happy. And again, like you don't, that's, I didn't get up to that part when I started rewatching it, but I'd, I'd like to rewatch that part to see like, are they in on it? Are they there to show something? And I don't know exactly what it is, but yeah, it's, the, it's, um, and I haven't seen uh, Down Terrace, which was, I think, Ben Wheatley's first film, but I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I still haven't either. Yeah, he's a film, and both, both this and Sightseers were both short movies. They were both about 90 minutes long. And, I feel like he's the kind of filmmaker that I'll never be able to watch casually, both because I need subtitles and because I think uh, he doesn't waste time or scenes. Mm -hmm. And I found with both movies, I was like, everything means something or like everything will mean something. Yeah. And even in Sightseers, like all of the humor kind of had a callback to it, uh, where I think he just he makes really tight little films. So I I agree. Yeah, I am fully on the Wheatley train. Yay! Alright, so do you have uh, more? I don't think so. I'm trying to keep it concise. I don't want to fall down down another well. That's right, our dilly-dallying... Christine, Christine, by the way, has like this wild social life where she has to go out at 11 p.m. No! (laughs) It's... No, that's not what it is at all. It's just sometimes, you know, in New York, it used to be like this all the time. Sometimes people like start a birthday party at 11 o'clock. 11 p.m. 
Yeah. Maybe I'm just not invited to those parties because they know I would never be awake by then. <laughs> They're like, don't even ask Emily. She's already We know asleep. she's not coming. She's um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. But there's quite a few dead animals in this. Wait, no. Which movie? Yeah. Dead there's dead animals. There's, in there's dead animals in this one, too. Yeah, um, there's, a, there's some bunny stuff in this one that kind of made me. Well, there's bunny stuff. But and that's actually, that's like one other thing, too. Did the cat kill those bunnies? I don't think so. Yeah, that's a whole, see, that's a whole other conversation. There's so much to talk about this. Yeah, because, like, it's very easy to think, like, no, it was Fiona killed the bunnies and he eats it, so it's like he's accepting her sacrifice. Yeah, I, the, 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 him eating it didn't really say anything to me the first time around, but this last time I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. What's going on? And I like that he doesn't make the animal deaths visceral, like, I know that the cat's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so to rate this movie, quality of film. Oh man, I didn't even think about yeah, this. Yeah, let's do it. Um, quality of film. I'm gonna go eight point two five. Um, I'm gonna go eight point five. All right. Uh, enjoyment of this film. I'm gonna go eight point seven five. Eight. Um, nine for me. Yeah. I'm just under the nine because I really physically couldn't understand what they were saying. Perhaps. Yeah. I. I. I... I really do like it, and I actually would like to watch it again. Oh, it, I mean, it, it held up on a second half watch. Yeah, well, um, that's good. And I just, it's, I, I love a movie that can really um, surprise me. And this movie really did, so I'm excited to see what else he will do in the future. And I, and if you like this, then totally watch Sightseers. Yeah, everybody should watch Sightseers. All right, so on that note, we're going to take a quick break and come back with you know, it's a very similar movie. Yeah, it's about a list. It's also about a list. Uh, and both movies, oh, 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 who found a common link? Both movies have a character named Fiona. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Nice one, uh-huh. nice pull. Uh-huh. I was really proud of myself for figuring that out. All right, we'll be right back. Here we are now to talk about the natural follow-up to Kill List, which is the to-do list. <laughs> Water almost came out my nose when you said that. <laughs> now, this was actually recommended by Erica. Yes. Uh, had you seen it before? Yes, I saw it in the theater. <laughs> well, aren't you fancy with your social life? I was really excited for it. Yeah. I thought it looked good. Um, I remember when it came out, didn't really pay attention because I rarely watch like new comedies i catch them if they're on instant watch and people tell me to yeah um 
But this one was intriguing to me purely because it was, I like Aubrey Plaza, and it was written and directed by a woman, which yes. for comedy is not that common. Mm -hmm. um, and this is, uh, that writer-director's name is Maggie Carey. This was, I think, her first, like, full-length film. Seems like she's done a lot of different, like, TV stuff and short stuff. Yeah, there was, um, there's a document, or not a documentary, I don't know why I chose that word. There's a movie, um, her first credit, I don't know if you saw it, um, called Lady Porn. No. It is a documentary. It's listed as a documentary. That's why I guess I said that. I want to watch the hell out of this. It's I, 47 minutes. Somebody needs to get this into yeah. my hand because I can't find it. That, um, based on this movie, I'd be very intrigued to watch a movie she directed called Lady Porn. Lady Porn follows the journey of two female students trying to produce a porno for women. I want to fucking watch yeah, this. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Give it to me. But, um, yeah, super good. Yeah. Exciting. It, it makes perfect sense that... Um, the person that wrote this would also have written something like that because this mm -hmm. movie is very much about a young woman uh, trying to kind of understand and experience sexuality. Yes. And simple. Uh, quick synopsis would be, I guess, Aubrey Plaza plays... Um, like, how do I do this? I watched this movie five hours ago and I can't remember her character's name. Brandy. Brandy, thank you. No um, problem. Brandy, now this actually starts very similar to a little movie we covered recently called Crossroads. Mm-hmm. Brandy is the valedictorian, and her lab partner wants to have sex with her, eventually. Mm -hmm. Not quite as much. Um, but so Brandy is your kind of, like, very... I won't say uptight. It's not that she's uptight. It's just that she's overachiever and um, kind of needs to be in control of things. Yep. And has a realization right after graduating that she wants to have sex by the end of the summer. She wants to lose her virginity. And, but before she does that, she's, she makes a list based on things she hears, things her friends say, of all the other things she wants to do before that to warm up to sex, which she plans to have with Rusty Waters, the hot <laughs> lifeguard. Yeah. With the best name ever. Really funny. Um, so along the way, she, you know, there are men that come in and out. There is her lab partner who is the little, who is the most adorable little man from Jennifer's Body. I know, right? Yeah. I love him. He um, is adorable. He just has that face that you just, you want to set him up with one of your friends. So you we've officially... You date him. You want to set him up with someone you like. We've officially covered three of his movies now what because he, um, Scott Pilgrim. Oh, I forgot he was in that. That's right. I love him. He is just the cutest. He, he really is. is. There are so many times during this movie where I go, he's so cute. Adorable. You all I love Donald him. Glover in this movie. Yep. Which is very exciting. Um, you have Bill Hader playing a very similar character that he played in Adventureland. Yeah, that's that's true. Yep. I didn't really even think of that. Um, uh, really, really good in this. He's, he's great in it. Um, Clark Gregg and Connie Britton are Randy's parents. So good. Clark, okay. I, I'm just going to say it. Okay. I think he's sleeping. I have huge crush on Clark Gregg. Well, a lot I of people do. I find him incredibly sexy. He's very sexy. He has like a, a like a dad thing, but not like a like, a, like a creepy dad, dad, dad thing. No, no, no. I mean, this is great because he's really uptight and it's really cute. Yeah, it's, it's he's really funny in this. Yeah, Connie Britton's hilarious Ugh. in this. I didn't know when I was really surprised how funny I thought she was in this too. She's her delivery is like really spot on. I, I've seen her 
her do a lot. I mean, she's great. I like her on Friday Night Lights. I thought she was the best thing in the first season of American Horror Story. She's really Um, good. But I've never seen her really do comedy. And she is. She has such good timing. She really does. Like, really good deadpan, too. And there were a few points in it where, where she said something. And I laughed. And I was like, wait, was that a joke? You know, yeah, no, it was a joke. I would say, because I did, I, I laughed a bit in this movie, I chuckled a bit, and I think if I had to, like, really look at, oh, God, Mookie's knocking things over. If I had to really look at, like, by kind of added up who I left at most, I think all of her lines hit me. Yeah. And, like, all they... of her jokes, I think I actually did, like, audibly laugh at, because she just has a great delivery. She really does. Well, you know who I laughed at absolutely everything that came out of their mouth and was just floored at how hysterical they were? <laughs> Rachel Bilson. She was fantastic in this. She was so great. She I, was really funny. I found myself going like, I wish that was my sister. Like, she's just <laughs> so funny and yeah. such such a bitch, but like, there's no venom behind it at oh, all. Yeah, yeah. So cute. Oh, loved her. Yeah. No, I was like, everybody kind of like pleasantly surprised me a bit in this. Mm-hmm. Where like, I thought everybody was funny who was supposed to be funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> she's great. Like she's, I've never, and granted, I haven't really seen her do much if I really think about it, but she was great and she looked perfect in nineties makeup. Yeah. She really, it, she was cast really well. Yeah. I think for she the the the, the clothes looked yep <laughs> they looked right. terrible but they looked really good on her well, so now let's talk this movie is set in 1993 mm-hmm, which is um, hysterical i thought you'd like that oh i loved it and i realized i think the real reason she did that i now some of the 90s jokes are a little on the nose like when yeah. they keep saying we're gonna watch beaches on vhs i'm sorry i never said vhs vhs when vhs was a thing yeah. Like I said, like on May and granted, maybe it's an Idaho thing, but it felt like here and there. Sure. Like it, this, it wasn't wedding singer bad where it was like, wink, wink, 1985. Um, but here and there, there were some jokes that were a little obvious. Um, but I think the real reason she said it in 1993 comes at such a clear moment when Brandy is starting to research what all these things are. Mm-hmm. And she's opening up an encyclopedia. And there's no there. internet. There is no, because it's absolutely true. If you made this movie today, it's impossible. Because all you have to do is Google 69 and, oh, Google image, I get it. Google image, rim job, get it. All of those things. You're completely right. You're completely right. Yeah, I think it made perfect sense. And it worked, and it worked well because it, within that, she was able to also make a whole lot of genuinely funny 90s jokes. Yeah. Um, like uh, jokes that were jokes and jokes that were some of them that were also just kind of like observations, but not like in the like, hey, remember when that was a thing, guys? Let's laugh about it. But it was just so many like things that you're like, oh, that's so spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a caboodle in the opening credits. Oh, Angela, so awesome. I know, were, I know that she would appreciate that. Um, I'm always happy to spot a caboodle. Um, I mean, the fashion is perfect because it's not overly done it's not like people walking around wearing like i don't know what the band of the 90s would be wearing like right said fred shirts um it's just that you know the guys are wearing the button-up satin the sander shirts if you will um so that was exciting uh oh another like random person of interest was you don't watch orange is the new black do you no i do Um, not because the um the nice corrections officer was in the opening scene she plays the bitch that 
uh, yells at uh, Brandy when she's trying to give her speech. <laughs> so again, tie into Crossroads, Brandy doesn't get to give her speech, just like we didn't hear. Brandy's I know, speech. so upsetting. It's seriously a lot of um, spiritual understandings here. Um, let's see the uh, <laughs> sorry, there's a Scort joke because remember Scorts. I do remember. I never wore skorts. They're really unflattering. But yeah, who thought that was a good idea? Really unflattering. Really unflattering. Even if you have great legs, they make you just look wide. And like the waist always sat in a weird spot. And they were I don't supposed know. to be like comfortable, but they really weren't because the shorts were never low enough. It's like shorts are more comfortable than a skirt just because then you don't have to worry about your thighs rubbing together. Yeah. Right, ladies? We all know what we're saying. I, I know. Um, but I'd skirt, love to deny it, but I can't. Like shorts on a skirt were usually high enough where it, that didn't matter. Your thighs were still rubbing. So Yeah. Yeah, it didn't work. I don't know. It's just not. But it was a funny joke. Yeah, absolutely. Um, step aerobics always works. Yeah. In the 90s. They, and it was useful, too. I used to really like step aerobics. Uh, we had it in gym class, and I enjoyed it. Um, really? That uh, never happened. In high school gym class, you were able to pick like what your gym class was. Yeah, they made us. They made a square dance. Oh, that was that was elementary school. Oh God, no, we didn't. We just threw like <laughs> kickballs at each other in elementary school. <laughs> I want to go to your school. Uh, I don't think you do. It was not. Dancing. It was, it I had was to like be the prison. boy. We had more girls than boys, and I had to wear a mesh shirt and be the boy. <laughs> yeah. That was great for my self-esteem. That's bullshit. Yeah. Not as bad as when in eighth grade technology class, we were we had to do a, a book report, like an oral book report. We had to give it in front of the class on like some kind of natural substance. And the teacher assigned it to everybody. Uh-huh. So it was like, Rachel, you're going to do a report on silk. And Christine, you're going to do a report on coal. Awesome. Emily. You're going to do a report on natural gas. <coughs> oh, gee, like, like I'm a 14-year-old chubby girl who really wants to get up in front of my class and talk about gas. Anyway, that's a separate story, I suppose. Oh, no. A little off topic because it's, you know, the 90s were really bringing it back to me. Maybe that's it. I had a lot of moments in this movie where I, I went to a Cranberries concert in the 90s. Did you really? I did, actually. <laughs> They're really good in concert. Really? That's interesting. I would have never thought that. Um, they they never came off that way to me. Yeah, <laughs> I never would have said, like, yeah, let's go to this Rock and Cranberries concert. It, and it was free tickets somehow. But. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Um, but let's get into the, I think, more... We're talking a lot about the 90s, because, uh-huh. you know, a great part of the movie. Um, but more importantly, let's talk about... Brandy's uh, mission and where the what's interesting about it. Okay. Brandy basically says, "I am going to, I am going to give a blowjob. I'm going to, uh, well, she's using all like bigger words for it, um, but she basically wants to run through all of these sex things and then have sex. Yes. Uh, she's doing it very matter of factly without really much um, emotion to it." Um, and her friends at first are like, wow, that's awesome. And then they're yeah. like, whoa, that's slutty. And the same thing with the guys are like, yeah, give me a hand job. And then it's like, oh, you only did that because you wanted to do it for a list. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brandy, uh, so I'm just going to say, I loved that um, where this movie ended 
and the fact that it didn't wimp out on that. Like, like the sex stuff? Yes. Okay. Um, it wasn't that, like, there was no real, like, um, I feel like a lot of movies would have done the same exact thing, but then they would have gotten to a point where she realizes, oh, I really do love Cameron. Oh, I shouldn't have sex with Rusty. Yeah. Oh, sex means so much more. But instead it ends with, and this is my favorite aspect of this movie, is sometimes sex is really important and sometimes it's not. Yeah. And that's awesome. That's a really awesome message. It is. The the, the message, and she even, like, and she kind of sums it up right after, spoiler alert, she has sex. Uh Uh-huh. Like, well, before you have sex, it's kind of everything. Yes. Like, because you're, like, it's exciting and it's scary and you think that it's this giant life-changing experience. And then you have it, and it can be good, it can be bad, and it's a moment, but it's, then it's not. Then you're like, okay, it's not nearly as life-changing as I thought it was. And okay, now I know what it is, and now I can have it when I want to and everything else. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, so refreshing to see a movie where a woman can say that. Yeah. And I think ultimately the movie doesn't judge her for it. Um... You know, after all this stuff happens with guys, she's like, I have to go apologize to my friends because I did fuck them over. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, she's still not apologizing. Like, she's still not like, oh, yeah, I was wrong. It's just like, oh, no, I'm sorry I hurt our friendship. Let's be yeah. friends. And, yeah, no, by the way, I had sex with this guy. Like, it was, like, I don't know. It was really refreshing to me because I worried at quite a, a point in the film. I'm like, okay, this is fun, but I bet... I can see where it's going to end just because I'm so used to movies doing that. Yeah, it it definitely went in directions that I didn't expect. Um, Like, I really like, honestly, my favorite part is her sister, the Rachel Wilson (laughs) character. I really like that. um, So she's saddled, she saddled herself with this dude named Chip. Who is on the mini project and really funny. Yeah, I know. He, I, I recognize yeah. him. Um, I, 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 don't, I haven't really seen anything he's in, but I've seen enough like promos for that show to have recognized him. Um, so she saddles herself with this dude and like he goes on tour. He goes to follow fish on tour. <laughs> oh and, my um, God. I have one of my best friends did that after college. Uh, well, you know, whatever works, right? Yeah. <laughs> so she... Um, it's kind of a little bit of her story too. Um, she, she learns from Brandy and she teaches Brandy stuff and like, she ends up having sex, spoiler alert, with the Bill Hader character, which he's great too. (laughs) And that's again, but they, but they, they they don't, they don't end up together and she's not like, why did I do that? And he's not like, but I love you now. They don't, it's just, she's like, all right, well, you know, you find out she's going to, she took Brandy's advice and, like, a woman a woman needs yeah, a man. is always need a man. Yeah, exactly. So that's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, th- there's no, um, like, forced, uh, you know, coupled, coupling, which you always have in movies. Um, and it's, it is, this is a separate topic, but I think it feeds into it. Um, I watched Sex and the City back in the day, and mm-hmm. I really liked the first four seasons. And then the fifth season came along, and it started getting kind of heavy. And then it ended, and the sixth season, I thought, was the most offensive. Um, I thought it turned around so much of what it did for women. Because I think, mm-hmm. as much as people can complain about the show, Sex and the City got women to talk about sex. I agree with you. Um, 
And even like in this movie, there was a great moment where the girls are talking about masturbating and they're like, oh no, I never do it. Yeah. Which is so what you said when you were 18. It's no, really no, no, funny. masturbated when they're 18 if you're a chick. Um, Apparently the same is true with dudes. Oh, no, I thought dudes always talked. Well, I don't know how to I've actually heard two. This is so funny. It came up recently. <laughs> it was just, was just a dude that, like somebody I work with. And um, <laughs> like, no, no, you didn't admit that when you were younger. People thought it was gay. Wow. <laughs> I was like, what? That's an actual thing? Yeah, I thought all dude. I thought that was all they talked about. I yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, 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 hey, let us know on the Facebook yeah, page. <laughs> but I, I guess maybe like an 18-year-old wouldn't think that, but maybe like a, you know, 14-year-old would. Right. I mean, I remember being in college, though, and the question came up, and all of the girls were like, no, 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 we don't do it. Yeah. Oh, no. I couldn't admit it. Um, but... Like, point me, like, Sex in the City got, did get, like, made women unafraid to say these things. Yeah. For years, they were told they weren't supposed to talk about. But then the show ended, and the last episode, which is one of awful in so many ways. I don't know if I ever saw the end of it. I kept up with it for a while when it was the, on. The but... last half of the last season basically realized, okay, we're ending the show. Everybody has to happy end, have a happy ending, which means everybody has to end up with somebody. Yeah, okay. This is a show about dating and being single and loving and losing and all of that shit. And the episode ended with Charlotte, who was already married. Okay, that's fine. Miranda was already married. Sure, that's fine. Um, Samantha, whose whole mantra on the entire show had been, I have fun, I don't get committed, I'm happy being yeah. me, ending in a relationship. And Carrie... The, the show manipulated things so much so that she ended up with this character who had been awful to her for six mm -hmm. years. But the way they did it was they had her other boyfriend be more awful to her and slap her. So therefore, by the end of that episode, you had to like Big because at least he wasn't hitting her. And I remember being so oh, furious with yeah. the episode. And I still am. And I'm still, like, I feel like that really did ruin the whole show for me. And so did the movie, which then did the same thing, essentially. Um, but that, like, even this show that was supposed to be so female empowering, it was supposed to be about how great it is to be single and to be out there, had to end with that. Um, whereas this movie, and it, it doesn't do that. Everybody just, you know, if it ends with, um, uh, Brandy saying, to, uh, say, and the, the great scene where she says to Cameron, hey, you're a great guy. You would be a great boyfriend. But you know what? I'm 18. I don't need a boyfriend. Yeah. I'm going to college and whatever. Like, we can have fun and we can see what happens. But, I, like, I I don't need you right now. And I don't need this. And it's it was, made me so happy. It's, it was, it was, um, it's nice to see the, the realism kind of skew in that direction. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, it is... I mean... Would, would a guy... If it, if it was a male protagonist, would, would the... expect? This is a genu genuine question. Would the expectation have been that he would have ended up with somebody at the end? Or would it have just been open for him to just kind of, yeah, you know, have gone to college or, like, right. re reconciled with his friends? Like, I don't know. I think, yeah, maybe it couldn't have been his story ending with... In the arms of, you know... Well, let, a me, lady. let me cite a movie we've already referenced, Scott Pilgrim. Yes. How does Scott Pilgrim end? Spoiler. I don't know. It Pilgrim. really de it, it depends on. It depends on which version you watch. 
depends on who, which one of us right. you talk to. The version I watched, it ends with him with Ramona. Oh, yeah. him with the exact typical, um, for me, very uninvolving, but very typical love story where he gets the hot chick at the end mm-hmm. and they live happily ever after, presumably. Like, and I mean, I we know how I felt about Scott Pilgrim where I appreciated much of the filmmaking, but I found that aspect of it, that kind of like really male aspect, really, really bothersome. And I found, I found it really turned me off. Yeah. This movie to me was the opposite because you have the kind of like almost John Cusacky character in Cameron who any other movie you watch would end up with the girl because he is the nice guy. He is the good guy. He really does like love Brandy for who she is. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That's not her choice right now. <clears throat> Excuse me, I just swallowed my water happy. weird. This movie makes me very happy for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. I like how it is um, very frank sexually. Um, the word slut is thrown around, but the, the movie isn't about painting her into a slut corner. Right. Um, it's, well, like, it isn't. It, in some ways it is, but it's like when it starts happening where you start to kind of, I think, and I'm, I'm curious if where other people fell on this because I was like read like one or two reviews that were very unkind to the movie and kind of mm-hmm. felt like it was kind of a um like uh oh the characters are very amoral and I you know didn't like the characters and everything yeah and I I can understand somebody feeling that way but it's one of those like if they and I like and I mean a comedy is a comedy so and not every joke in this movie hit I hate poop jokes yeah um so like massive poop joke like literally massive poop joke I was like oh um but so I understand somebody saying like it's not funny but I think people that don't like the kind of like statement the movie's making I would really want to talk to you about that mm-hmm. and like see like okay why what's your problem with it how would you have wanted this to go exactly yeah yeah uh but like <laughs> I, my favorite repeating joke was um, the lube. Because <laughs> it was just done yeah. perfectly. Mom did give you lube, right? It's so funny. Yeah, and, and I really like the Connie Britton character. I really like, I like how the mom handled it. She was frank and honest, and she raised two frank and honest girls. And it's, in it was ways, in very yeah. ways. Yeah. And then, like, the, when they're sitting at the breakfast table and, like, meanwhile, Rachel Bilson's already, like, talked about everything. But as soon as um, Brandy's asking about, like, so what, So tell me, what is the difference between circumcised and uncircumcised? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's that the way Brandy approaches things. And the movie establishes very quickly. Like, she is very practical. She thinks things out. She writes things down. Like, it's, it's a very believable scene to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just, it, it's, it, it was nice to see a movie full of characters that, like, were funny and flawed and yet relatable in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, 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 Elias Shawcat, I'm so bad at saying her name. I have maybe, no idea how you say it, but may, maybe, maybe from, just call her maybe. Yeah, maybe. And then her other friend, Fiona, um, Wendy, Wendy and Fiona, maybe. they're so funny yeah. and so cute and, and, like, not perfect at all like very very flawed but like honest characters and i just really enjoyed it and i could see why someone would think it was not funny 
And I could see my, I've heard this described as, oh, that's like a feminist comedy. That's not for me. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. It's interesting. And I would, I would really like our male listeners to watch this movie. Because I'm curious if any of it does come down gender lines. I mean, I don't Mm -hmm. think the jokes are particularly, like, female. There might have been some jokes that, like, we're talking about, like, the masturbating joke, which I think is is really funny to women because of the way women act about that. Yeah. Um, But, and so, I mean, that's just a general question is maybe some of the jokes might be particularly gendered. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um. But there were just things of like I really liked the, the the friends the way they talked to each other and how they were like hanging out in the pool reading magazines like because yeah. I did when I was eighteen with my friends like um, so yeah I, I am really curious if it did have a does get a different reaction from different viewers and particularly male viewers. Um, I watched it with a boy, and he thought it was really 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 funny. So, I mean, and there's stuff that's not just because it's not just like, a oh, girl humor, because right. the Andy Samberg character is like a poor man's Eddie Vedder. And that's hysterical. That's like there's there's stuff that, that like you can I think a lot of people can relate to um, and just can at least if not relate to at least under like get get it like, hey, I get this and it's amusing to yeah. me, you know. And I mean, you have an, an incredible comedic cast. Yeah. Like, you have, I mean, down to you have a lot of SNL alums. Even, like, one of the kids is the kid from Modern Family. Yes. Like, the I, kids are funny. I know. He, he's really, he's so cute. Yeah, yeah. So cute. Uh, the one disappointing thing, um, and this is a, war- a warning for anyone, there's nothing at the end credits if you were hoping for something. Oh, I didn't even, I kept wait, on I assuming think. there might be something, because in comedies there always are, but. Yeah. I was hoping at the end there'd be, like, some kind of loop joke again. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Every I. Every time the loop joke came up, I laughed. Yeah, because it, it was funny. I feel like I'm not doing it enough um, credit. Like, I'm, it, it was really funny. Well, I mean... And it was really, like, like genuine. Yeah. And it was nice to see women talking. And this, I, I don't want to sound like that, but, I mean, it's... When I see it, when I see movies with long scenes of dialogue of women talking about anything... Yep really i'm like wow this is really cool (laughs) especially when they're like believable well-crafted interesting characters i'm like this is awesome i like this a lot similar to what we said about black rock yeah which we didn't do a full review but we'd both watched it and talked about it quite a bit Mm -hmm. and it was that same thing of like black rock it's nothing that special as a movie you've seen the story told before it's a little deliverance it's a little this but you probably would know without knowing that this is written and directed by a woman because you realize it's doing things that most these of these kinds of movies don't do, which is it lets women talk and it, it understands the way women talk. And I think this movie does that as well. And it's, it's unfortunate that we have to point that out. Yeah. Um, but Currently, in this day and age, we do. Maybe in 10 years, 20 years, we won't have to. And that will be a golden day for the next generation. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, I'm, like, I feel no shame in saying um, part of the reason why uh, I think this movie works so well probably is because it's a, woman, a woman's perspective on a genre that you so rarely get a woman's perspective on. 
Yeah. I mean, the American and Pie movies are very clearly male movies, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you feel it in each movie that the women characters are not as interesting or strong as the male characters. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this... And, to this, this movie, to me, doesn't shortchange the male characters at all. No. And it's, I mean, it's, with without it being from a, I, I guess, because I, I, I'm a woman, I, I don't know, I guess I'm, I can only guess, but it didn't change the movie's um, appeal, like, just as a story with jokes, just because it was about women and a female perspective. Like, I think, I hope it's still enjoyable like to someone without a vagina that can be like, oh, this is funny. Oh, being young. So that is our, um, I think, request to our viewers without vaginas. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys without vaginas. Yeah, guys without vaginas. <laughs> uh, what did you think of it? That- I'd be curious. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it, I would recommend people check it out because I'm always wary to look at um, new comedies. I know this didn't get like a huge. This didn't get a huge theatrical, no, did it? I, mean, I think it kind of. I think they. I don't know if it had a wide release, but I think it kind of under, underperformed. I think they expected. It yeah, to more money. I had to go to a theater I don't usually go to to see it. Um, so I mean, I'm just very wary of of like wide release mainstream comedies because, and this isn't meant to sound snooty. I just don't laugh at what other people laugh at. Like, even in funny movies, I think we've touched on this a few times about movies I've seen in the theater. Like, I will laugh at the joke that no one else laughed at. Yeah. Like, it's in there, so clearly other people think it's funny because it's a joke in a movie with jokes. But in the theater, I'm, I'm guffawing, and, and it's like little crickets, and I'm like, oh, I, <laughs> am I the, I'm the only one that laughed? Oh, okay. I mean, it's like, to go back to it, it's when um, I remember with American Pie feeling that way, that like, I found so like the Eugene Levy stuff was funny to me. The Dick and the Pie stuff wasn't. Yeah, I I hear that. I think my favorite um, moment of that was when I saw Role Models. Okay, a movie I have seen but don't really remember. Okay, I love Role Models. I find it hilarious. But I remember going to theater and like packed theater on a Friday night, and I remember the echo of my laugh, and then followed by a laugh of everybody laughing but me. Like, it is, like, I have a weird sense of humor. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but, so, dudes, tell us what you think. And our ladies, of course. And again, and yeah. watch it because it has a caboodle. Um, but yeah, thank you, Erica, for recommending it. Yay, perfect, perfect pairing. to find one. Yes, it actually worked out quite well. I said, well, we're going to, oh, I picked Kill List and I didn't know what to pick. And Emily wanted to just do name association. And, um, I, I was telling my boyfriend, and he, he says, did she pick Schindler's List? I said, no! <laughs> Thankfully not. No. We Although I did mention Spielberg movie. <laughs> I did mention that. Schindler's List did pop up, but no, no Schindler's List. <laughs> All right, so we're ready to rate? I think so. Okay. Quality of film? Um, 7.75. Yeah, I was going to go 7.5. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not a perfect comedy by any means, but it's no. it's funny and that works for me. Uh, enjoyment of film. For me, Jeez. I'll go higher. Yeah. I'll go, like, I'll go eight. Yeah, eight and a half. Yeah. Because, I mean, I laughed and I just ultimately, like, I was so happy in that, like, second to last scene where she has that speech of, like, yeah, okay, I understand now. I see it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I did it. Now I know what sex is. Um, yeah, no, it just had such, I love the attitude of this movie. 
Yeah, it's got a it's got a good tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So before we discuss next episode, which I haven't discussed with you yet, but I got a plan. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, good to know. Indeed. Uh, our Netflix instant recommend. Do you have one? I do have one. Okay, lay it on me, girl. I just thought it was cute. It's a documentary called Magic Camp. That's about a magic camp. Wait, what do you do at Magic Camp? You do magic? You learn magic. Aww. The kids in it are really, really cute. Aww. It's not. It's not like sad. Like, like no, 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 no. There's just it's. It, there's like a little boy in it that I fell in love with, not in a creepy oh. way. But um, <laughs> it's it's really cute. You know, it's because I've been. I didn't, again, like I said, if I can't find them to log on my thing, I haven't been logging movies yeah. as diligently, but I've been, like, pounding through um, documentaries and, and sometimes, or, like, starting them and shutting them off, and this one really caught me, and it's been a while since I've, like, watched, like, a full, like, you know, 90-minute doc mm-hmm. that, like, I really liked and connected with, so that's why I recommend it. It's it's a, it's an easy, breezy watch, and it's, um, it's really cute, so. Okay, good to know. Um, my instant recommend, I, I have a feeling you wouldn't like it because it's a musical, but it's a weird musical, so maybe you would. Okay, there you is, go. It is Robert Altman's Popeye. Yeah, I don't like Popeye. Have you, you've watched it? Somewhat recently, yes. Yeah. It is very polarizing. Um, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was I just thought I was now. weird. No, no, no. I think I can, and I can understand people not liking it. Um, it is a, it is a live action Popeye, plain and simple. You, mm-hmm. it looks exactly like the cartoon, except it's Robin Williams and Shelley Duvall. Uh, I just appreciate, I, I hadn't watched it since I was like really, really itty bitty. Um, but I found that, um, it's, it's so committed. Uh, like Altman just went there. He, yeah. Shelley Duvall looks and sounds like olive oil. I, I, I can agree with, yes. Yeah, which again, it's it can be, an, it's too long. It is too long. It goes on probably mm-hmm. about at least 10 minutes more than it had to. Um, but it's, I just really appreciated it from a like film fan-ness of like, this is, yeah, this is how you do it. And he did it. And a lot of people didn't want him to do that, probably. Um, and it's for, and say what you will about Robin Williams, but for his first film, he's, you can see Robin Williams in this. And this was his first actual, like, film performance. Mm-hmm. And it's, it could not have been an easy performance. He's squinting the entire time. Um, and again, people who hate Robin Williams when he's, like, doing his shtick probably won't like the movie. But it's on instant. I think it's worth a look because it's different. You like the music? The mu- Well, here's the thing. It, the music, I, I, this is what I was saying to Brandon, like, I would never want to listen to any of those songs out of context. They're not nice sounding songs. Yeah. They're not meant to be because Popeye the cartoon wasn't like a pretty music song, uh, cartoon. So the songs, there's one song that's really sweet when Popeye is like singing a lullaby, but it's not nice to listen to because it's Robin mm. Williams doing a squinty voice. Um, Shelley Duvall, who I love Shelley Duvall, but Shelley Duvall can't sing and she's singing as olive oil would and it's not pleasant sounding. I really like her in that. Oh, she's great. And I, I don't know what, I just, I never, I can't pay attention. I can understand it. It's like, I, I start to like wander out and yeah. like, uh, and it's been like that since I was a kid. I've watched it as a kid and I've watched it as an adult. Well, cause it's so artificial. Yeah. Where you kind of have to like 
give in to this world, but it can be easy to kind of like back away and sort of be like, oh, okay, stage set type thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's it's a really interesting sort of discussion I was having about the music because it's not pretty music and it's not music you'd ever want to listen to, but it's perfect for the film. Um, so yeah, that's that. It's on instant. Now, when next we meet, I think... Yeah, what have you got planned? I have to check with Erica, but I think we should probably do another Fast and Furious. Mm -hmm. Because we're getting close to... Our big plan is so that we can do Step Up 5 with Fast and the Furious 5. Yeah, it's about... It's it's coming up, yeah, so, we, so we... need to squeeze yeah. in another Fast and the Furious 4. Hey, I'm cool with that. I have not seen this one. So we'll do Fast and the Furious 4 with Erica. And what movie do we pair with that? Now, I happened to be glanced over at my DVD collection. I was like... You know a movie I would really like to talk about with you and Erica that I want to hear your thoughts on it, and it's it's kind of a road movie. Okay. And that is 1996's Freeway with Reese Witherspoon and Kiefer Sutherland. I've actually seen this. Have you? Yeah. Do you do you think it will be a good movie to talk about? Sure. I've done it on another podcast. Oh well. Well. So if anyone wants to hear my thoughts on Freeway, <laughs> in between now and then, you can find. Well, maybe out. your thoughts will change between. Oh, I would definitely like to see it again. Um, spoiler alert, I sort of hated it. Ooh, oh, good. So they'll make it make a good podcast. But um, when I talked about it, in the first time I talked about it, um, people brought things up that made me kind of wish I had given it more time and patience. Okay. So. All right. So it'll be an interesting one where, well, because you have a decision to make. Um, and Erica, I don't think, has ever seen it. So. Ooh, how fun. And it's directed by the man who went on to direct Tiptoes. So. Yeah. <laughs> Please, again, talk about Tiptoes. Amazing. One day we'll cover Tiptoes, but I don't think we're ready yet. We have to get to that show-show show level. We have to up to Tiptoes. It's, yeah. I mean, you've got to figure out what to pair it with. It's, it's, it's epic in its, in its Tiptoesness. So we'll, oh, we'll wait for that. Um, but all right, so that's what we'll cover next time. Uh, in the meantime, folks, if you don't have a vagina and watch a to-do list. No, even if you, if you do have one. And on. watch a to-do list or kill list. I'm saying both, both. Yeah, be be fair. Oh, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying because I'll also be really intrigued with people who have vaginas who, or or people who make vaginas or whatever. Or who make them. Who identify as having a vagina I, I don't want to put labels on anyone. No. Um, Who's making who vaginas? Okay, anybody who identifies as a female, let's say. I'm also really curious to hear if anybody that does identify as female doesn't like or has problems with the to-do list. I want to hear what those problems are. Yeah, so, me too. I'm intrigued all around is what it comes down to. For both movies, I just think um, both are... Because I was kind of worried because I think whenever you do a comedy, it's sometimes tough to talk about because so much yeah. of a comedy, it's like, well, that was really funny. Did you think that part was funny? Because I thought that part was funny. But I think um, this one has like a really neat place because it still b can breed a lot of discussion. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear from both vaginas and penises and and non-parts or, or micro-penises yeah. or whatever you've got. I would like to hear from everyone. Everybody. What do you have to say about the do listing kill list? You can do that on our Facebook page. Uh, or at Twitter at Feminine Podcast. Uh, with that, Christine, do you have anything to say before we leave the fine folks and you go party your wild Texas nightlife? Um, I don't think so. All right. Well, then go party your wild Texas nightlife. I'm Thank going you. to bed. You too. Go, go have a nice sleep.
Everybody's gotta have somebody's, even if it's only me. Stop your crying, sweet peas, and try to go to sleep. I don't know how you got here. I don't know if he cares. You could have come from heavens or a typhoon anywhere. Well, me, I came from heaven of Carolina La Lagoon. And I was told me mammy gave me up in a typhoon. Oh, don't you cry, little sweet pea. You and me, we've both the same. And the biggest tear I ever seen came in the eye of a hurricane. Go to sleep, sleep, sleepy. Now tell me what you see. And someday when you're older. I'll tell you all about me. Love. 